Show us that you can do, God. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, how about someone here in this room just put their hands together and encourage our worship team. Thank you for serving us so well, making so much of Jesus. And uh, Well, good evening. Uh, my name is Dan Leanne, and um, I was born in Melbourne, Australia. That's the reason my voice is this way. Uh, my mother and father are Malaysian Chinese. Uh, that's the reason my face is this way. And uh, two years ago, a little over two years ago, uh, I moved to Anderson, South Carolina. Uh, that's the reason I have type 2 diabetes. And I get to serve as one of the, the teaching pastors at a church called New Spring. And, um, and it's a real honor and privilege uh, to be with you all uh, tonight um, at Clemson FCA. And uh, you have to excuse me, uh, I have this amazing sense of deja vu that is uh, washing over me right now, uh, because I started following Jesus in my freshman year when I was 18 years old, and uh, even walking through the, uh, the campus tonight, uh, just seeing people walk around, and um, we don't do Halloween in Australia, so I was wondering why there were so many ghouls and like kind of skeleton people. Uh, I hope they were getting dressed up for Halloween. If not, uh, they might need help. Uh, but um, as I was walking through the campus, I couldn't help but get this great sense of deja vu that's still swelling in my heart right now um, of, of those days that I made a choice to say, Jesus, um, I don't know you fully yet, uh, but I want to get to know you. Uh, I don't know what this life is going to look like uh, being your friend, but I want to discover what, what, it, what it's going to look like. And, um, and so it's so cool to be with so many uh, young people on a Thursday night, uh, knowing there are so many things happening on campus right now, uh, but you're making a choice to ask questions about Jesus, uh, to invest in your friendship with Jesus, uh, to maybe explore the idea of following Jesus. And I just want to testify right now, I was 18 years old when I started following Jesus. I'm 43 years of age now. It's true. Uh, I know I look young because uh, yellow only mellows. Uh, as black doesn't crack. I'm sorry, white's a fright. Uh, but um, I want to testify that the last 25 years of following Jesus um, have been the most amazing years of my life. And that's my simple heart's hope and my heart's prayer for each and every single one of you, that in the next 25 years and beyond, you keep on following Jesus. Because there is no greater choice that you'll ever make this side of eternity. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There is something gnawing inside of you, something resonating in, inside every single human soul that wants to know God and wants to be known by God. Jesus alone is the way to God. He's the truth. There are so many people in this world trying to understand what, what really truth is in a world full of fake news and opinions and, and propositions and, and, and points of view. You're searching for truth to build your life upon, a truth that will set you free. Jesus is that truth, follow him. He's not only the way, not only is he the truth, he's the life. 
There are so many people, even thousands of people around the Crimson area tonight who are walking around trying to find life. They think they can find it in a bottle. They think they can find it in a substance. They think they can find it in a person. They think they can find it in a party. But the reality is life and life to the full can only be found in Jesus. I beg you, I implore you, continue this journey of following Jesus. Because, yo, I'm 25 years into this, and I can testify that it is the greatest choice you will ever make. So what I want to do in my few minutes with you here tonight, I got told that if I stick to time this evening, I get to take home the leftover pizza. And I like me some leftover pizza. In my few minutes with you tonight, I simply want to speak on that subject, what it's going to look like to follow Jesus after your university or your college years are done. What it's going to look like to follow Jesus when you start your jobs or you start your families or you establish a business or you, or you grow a company. What it's going to look like to follow Jesus all the days of your life. A few moments ago, each and every single one of you boomed at the top of your lungs. I will follow you anywhere. It was so cool to see. I was like watching like a creepy guy in the corner. I was like looking at all of these young people just seeing, and I'll follow you anywhere. But I couldn't help think to myself, what would happen if that could become the soundtrack of their lives and not just the words on their lips on a Thursday night? What would really happen if a group of young people here, starting in Clemson, South Carolina, but spreading around the world all of their days, actually followed King Jesus, no matter what it cost them? No matter where it led them, what would it look like if they really followed him? So really simply, we're going to talk about following Jesus. We're going to look at a really simple scripture. But I need to warn you, this scripture is abrasive. This scripture that we'll be looking at from the mouth of Jesus, for some people might actually be offensive. At the very least, for all of us, it was meant to be confronting. But I get a sense in my heart there's someone here in this room who's saying, you know what, Asian guy, don't tickle my ears. Give me the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so you'll get it. So if you get got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Mark. Everyone say, Mark. Say, Mark, like an Australian. Mark. Say, Mark, like an American. Mark. Say, Mark, in Chinese. Mark. Awesome. I taught you languages tonight. Mark. Chapter 8 is a good one. Let's go with Mark chapter 8. Don't take it from my lips. Take it from the lips of Jesus. Don't take it from my perspective. Take it from God's point of view. As he clears his celestial throat and speaks to each and every single one of us about what it's going to look, to, look like to keep on following him. Mark chapter 8 verse 34. I'll give you the context here. Right now, Jesus is surrounded by a crowd. There's a throng of humanity, a multitude of men and women all gathering around trying to get a glimpse of him. Jesus had already fed 5,000 men, 5,000 women, probably another 10,000 kids with nothing but a lunchable. And word had spread all around the known world, at least around um, uh, that, that, that first century portion of Galilee. There's this Jesus guy. He's a miracle worker. There's something powerful about him. There's an authority about him. There's a gravitas about him. There's a life about him. So you've got to understand, everywhere Jesus was, people were. People were fascinated. 
And they were all asking the same question. What is different about this rabbi? And what would it look like if I were to become one of his prophets? Jesus, understanding this was in every single head and every single heart, he pulls them together to make it crystal clear for all who would consider following him what it would entail. Mark chapter 8, verse 34. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples. Or in other words, surrounded by a crowd. Yo, if you're here and you're checking me out from a distance, you're hiding in the shadows, you're chilling in the periphery, and you're not 100% sure of me yet, it's all good, Jesus says. I want you to come close and grab a seat. Because I want to let you know, person who is inquiring, what it's going to look like if you really want to be one of my followers. He calls the crowd to him, along with the disciples. Or in other words, you might have been around uh, for, for a while. You might have heard the songs and been to the camps and attended the conferences. You might be able to quote a couple of scriptures. It's cool that you've been around for a while, but it doesn't matter how long you've been around. You need to hear this from my lips. You need to hear from my heart what it's going to look like to be a follower of mine. So crowd and disciples, everyone grab a seat. Let me talk to you about what it's going to look like to follow me after the lights are turned on and the chairs are packed away. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Woo, that's intense. Right away, Jesus starts messing with people's minds. As he says, if you really want to follow me, time out. Stop and really think about this. I'm not going to try to convince you to do this. I'm not going to try to twist your arm. I'm not trying to debate you into kind of a point of view so that you'll start falling into line. No, if you really want to be one of my followers, if you really want to be one of my disciples, you've got to stop and think about this. You've got to pick up your cross and you've got to follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Or in other words, he's saying, all right, you want to be one of my followers? Cool. If you want to be a follower, first and foremost, stop and think about it. There is a cost connected. Coming into the kingdom, a relationship eternally with Father, comes to you by grace, through faith, for free. Jesus is the one who pays the price to bring you into the kingdom. But if you really want to live out, live out a life that is marked by radical following of Jesus, it's going to feel like you're picking up a cross and following him. And whoever wants to save their own life, they're going to lose it. But whoever loses their life for the sake of the gospel is going to find it. Or in other words, if you think that you can roll into this with a half heart, just doing the bare minimum, hanging around the edges, basically doing what is like kind of, you know, easy and comfortable, comfortable for you. He's saying don't even start the journey because unless you lose it all, you find nothing at all. But if you could be wild enough, if you could be mad enough, if you could be brave enough, bold enough, crazy enough to lay it all down on the line and say, yo, Jesus, here's my life. Pick it up. I'm rolling with you. Then you'll find your life. I told you it'd be confronting. The same silence filling this room right now would have filled the space that Jesus first preached these words. The same intensity we're feeling in the words of Jesus was felt when the 
the first prospective followers checked him out by that link. If anyone would come after me, he or she must deny themselves and pick up their cross and follow me. And in case you're trying to do this your own way with a half heart, don't even bother starting this journey because it's all or nothing. I'm not here to perform a little bit of a nip and tuck on your face. I want to do a heart transplant on your life. It's all or nothing. I could have imagined being one of Jesus' disciples, going, yo, Jesus, you got to chill out a little bit. You had the crowd and, you know, they were just eating out of the palm of your hands a couple of minutes ago. You know what I'm saying? Jesus, like, oh, no, they're all here. They're all buzzed. They're all hyped. You know, we got, like, we sung some songs and, like, everyone's, like, excited. Now, now everyone's, like, freaking out and, like, kind of, you know, shuffling back awkwardly in their seats. Hey, Jesus, chill out. If I was one of Jesus' disciples, I would have gone to him. Yo, Jesus, check it out. All right, look, I'm not trying to tell you what to do because you're, like, the son of God and everything. But Jesus, this whole thing about, like, you know, denying yourself and picking up your cross, people don't like hearing that stuff. Because people like hearing what's in it for them. So why don't you like kind of just elevate all the positive parts of it, you know, being a follower of yours. You know what I'm saying? It kind of, if you become a Jesus follower, you, get, you become better looking. You know, you become like, you know, like kind of you become wealthier. And Well, why don't you just like tell them that like following you is going to be really cool. And then once they're following us, we can hit them with the fine print then. Jesus, why do you have to go down this line, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me? Or I would have gone to Jesus, yo, Jesus, yo, Jesus, how about you just get everyone really, really excited, and then it's like, you know, we'll get them like singing your name, right? Give me a J, you've got your J. We'll get them like kind of just singing along, and when they're like just totally into it, and this is like the coolest thing happening anywhere, and they're like so into it because it's cool, then we can unpackage for them after they're all the way in what it's really going to look like to be a follower of yours. Jesus, tone your message down. That's what I would have said. But Jesus didn't. And I don't believe Jesus did. For a number of reasons. Number one, Jesus loves you. And when you love someone, you give them the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Love doesn't manipulate. Love doesn't trick. Love doesn't pretend to be something like, I'm, I'm like this, I'm like this, I'm like this. And you start going, I am, I'm like this. No, 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 no. Love is upfront, And because Jesus is love, he couldn't help but look at you and say, I want to tell you everything about what this journey is going to look like. Number two, not only is Jesus love, Jesus is truth. Jesus is truth. When Jesus tells the truth, he's not making a choice. He's being who he is. Every time we tell the truth to somebody, we're making a choice. I see my boy Charlie right here, and I say, yo, Charlie, man, I like your fit tonight. And I, I, I do actually do like the way you're dressed tonight, but the reality is me saying that, I can be telling the whole truth. I can be telling a bare-faced lie, or I can be giving, be giving you a half-truth. Now, I'm telling you the truth because I like your fit, but every time we speak, we're making a choice. Jesus never had that option because he can't help but tell the truth, for he is truth. He'd be a horrible used car salesman because he couldn't help but give us the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Not only does, was Jesus love and not only was he truth, Jesus is smart. Jesus is the manifest wisdom of God. He is like totally the most brilliant dude in the history of humanity. And he understood what would happen. He 
he sold you something he had no intention on delivering on. He knew what would happen if he tricked you into starting to follow him, knowing that you would walk away from him down the track. And because Jesus is equally interested in not only your start in this journey, but your end in this journey, he'll lovingly tell you, yo, this is what's going to look like. If you really want to be a follower of mine, you're going to sing, I'll follow you anywhere on a Thursday night, but come Friday morning, that's when stuff's going to get real. If you really want to be a follower of mine, it's going to be so much fun when you're doing it, surrounded by hundreds of your friends who gather on a Thursday night at Clemson FCA and the church that you go to with all your college buddies on a Sunday morning or on a Sunday night. It's going to be amazing in those moments, but it's also going to entail working out how to keep on following me after all of your buddies have gone back to where they came from to get jobs and, and, and to move on with their life, you're going to have to work out what it's going to look like to deny yourself and to take up your cross and follow me even after the lights are turned off and the chairs are packed. If you want to follow Jesus, you have to deny yourself. It's not popular. No one likes hearing that. We like being the center of the universe. Side note, if anyone here is doing any kind of, you know, public speaking course at the moment, it's not a good way to start a message, you know, because everyone, when they're coming to hear you speak, they're all asking the same question. What am I going to get? What am I going to gain? What am I going to glean? Kind of blowing that concept up right with your opening words isn't a great way to start a message. But Jesus had to do it because right off the bat, he had to let you know that you aren't God and he is. And this whole following him thing will only work, come on, if he's the center point of your universe. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow him. And if you want to do it in a half-hearted way, it will be socially fun, but it will not be spiritually transformational. Because to find it all, the crazy catch is... You've got to lose it. I told you it was going to be awkward. And as if that wasn't bad enough, there were some implications and some ramifications that the first audience felt 2,000 years ago that we don't feel today. In my last few minutes with you, I'd like to explore that. You see, when Jesus said following him would require denying yourself and picking up your cross and following him, 2,000 years ago, everybody understood exactly what Jesus was saying this following lifestyle would look like. Because 2,000 years ago, picking up a cross was a, a very cultural, culturally contemporary illustration. Everybody understood what it meant to carry a cross. Fast forward 2,000 years to Clemson, South Carolina. We don't carry much nowadays. We carry our mobile phones and our handbags or our man bags. I don't know if that's yours. Or I don't know. I'm not here to judge. I'm just here to love, man. Like, so, like, we don't carry much nowadays. You know what I'm saying? I just walked through the campus before. didn't see many people carrying crosses through campus, you know. I'm like, a lot of people carrying little baskets full of candy slash type 2 diabetes is everywhere. I kind of, I see a lot of that. But not a lot of people carrying crosses. So, Houston and Clemson, we have a problem. Jesus was trying to make it clear for all of us. 
what it would look like to be a follower of his after your college days were done, all the days of your life. He said you have to deny yourself, make him number one, and pick up your cross. But 2,000 years ago, everybody got it. Here today, a lot of us miss the message in that illustration. So my last six minutes and 33 seconds, would, I would love to just lean into this concept of what it's going to look like to follow Jesus by using this illustration of picking up a cross. And since I'm feeling good tonight, let's just physically do it right now. Okay, so this right now, please don't be too heavy. Oh, there we go. All right. So for illustration purposes, this right now is a cross. Okay. What's it going to look like to follow Jesus 25 years after you finish college when you're an old man like Dan? Obviously, you're not an old man because you're you're chipped, but you you get it. All right, so so what's it going to look like? Okay, so first and foremost, I want you to get this. Following Jesus will be uncomfortable. Everyone say uncomfortable. Uh, The Roman cross was a tool of torture, not a Swedish instrument of massage. And, um, and this, this is uncomfortable. It's pressing against my trapezius muscle, cutting off blood flow to my brain. I'm a little bit woozy right now. So, so following Jesus is like carrying a cross, and carrying a cross is uncomfortable. We have to recognize that right at the beginning of this journey. Because there are way too many preachers and pastors and propagators of the gospel, just like me, who pitch a message that's a little bit different than Jesus's. I'm just going to own it. For years and years, I would cruise around to, um, you know, youth conferences and college campuses. And my, honestly, my sole goal was to try to convince you to put your hand up and walk forward. And the way that I would get you to put your hand up and walk forward is try to basically pitch this in the most attractive way possible. Yo, you know what? You've had a hard life. Jesus is going to help you out, you know, if you're... If you're mad or you're sad or you're angry at your dad for all the things you never had, when the light's down and the keyboard plays, you just walk forward and everything will be all right. And here's the reality. I've discovered in the last 25 years of following Jesus that there is no greater comforter on this planet than Jesus Christ through the power of his Holy Spirit. (laughs) But there is no greater discomforter than than Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit as well. And you've got to understand, if you really want to follow Jesus, he's going to bring, bring great comfort into discomfort, a lot of discomfort into the places where you're going to receive comfort. See, right here, right now, I should not be wearing jeans. I should be at home in my onesie, celebrating cool weather, holding the hand of my gorgeous wife, who, by the way, is the reason I got into Jesus in the first place. I didn't come along to find Jesus. I came along to follow a girl, and she was nice in jeans. And I came along to a Christian group on a campus, and then Jesus, like, kind of snagged me. The cool thing is Jesus gave me, like, life eternal and her as my wife three years later. But that's another talk for another day. I should be at home right now, chilling on my couch, holding my wife's hand with my little Yorkshire Terrier on my lap. (laughs) But I'm out here. I hate wearing any form of pants that have a button on it after 7 p.m. I really do. But I'm out here. Why? Because I made a decision when I was 18. Jesus, wherever it leads me, whatever it costs me, 
said this up front. If you really want to follow Jesus, heads up, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable for some of y'all when you start talking to your parents about what you want to do during the summertime. Instead of like, you know, going home and hanging out by a lake, you want to give a couple of weeks up and go to a Central American country somewhere on a mission. It's uncomfortable to have that conversation. Come on, it's going to be really uncomfortable for some of y'all. Really uncomfortable when you take your industrial engineering degree and instead of, you know, working for a government department somewhere making lots and lots of money, you actually go, hey, you know what, I, I might actually want to go build bridges in the developing world and actually help people made in, made in God's image. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> hey, it's okay to get annoyed at Jesus at some point in your journey going, man, following you is really uncomfortable. It's okay to get annoyed, just not okay to be surprised. Because he said, following him would be like picking up a cross, and a cross is uncomfortable. Second of all, it's going to be inconvenient. Everyone say, inconvenient. It's going to mess with your flow. If you go back to the tape and you watch like kind of me preaching before I picked this thing up, I was moving around with the style and the speed and the grace of a young Jackie Chan. But right now, everything has slowed down. Why? Because when you pick up a cross, all of your movements are affected. So heads up, not only is following Jesus going to be uncomfortable, it's going to be inconvenient. I told you this would be annoying. It's going to be inconvenient. It's going to mess with your future plans. It's going to mess with your relationships. It's going to mess with your money. It's going to mess with your resources. It's, it's going to mess with the way that you use your gifts and your talents. It's going to mess with your friends. It's going to mess with everything. It's okay to get annoyed. It's just not okay to be surprised. Because he said, uncomfortable, inconvenient. Third of all, write this down. It's going to be noticeable. It's going to be noticeable. Everyone is going to see it. This cross thing was a massive lump of wood that was put on your shoulder and you were put on display. It wasn't a shiny golden diamond encrusted piece of jewelry you can shove in your shirt and do a button up depending on the context you were in. This was something everyone would see. If you want to follow Jesus and, and kind of live a quiet, undercover life, I'm sorry, you're following the wrong person because he said following him would become incredibly noticeable. Your mother's going to see it. Your father's going to see it. Your siblings are going to see it. Your roommates are going to see it. Your fraternity brothers are going to see it. Oh my goodness, Becky from your sorority is going to Everyone is going to, I'm obsessed with Becky. In my head, every sorority has like a white girl called Becky. Like, 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 in my head, because that's the kind of stuff you learn when you're in Australia growing up. Yo, Becky's, <laughs> they're going to see it. I'm telling you, seriously. There are some guys here on a Thursday night, but you know Friday night you're going to be with another group of guys and, and, and uh, you know, you're drinking of the Holy Spirit on a Thursday night, but you're drinking another kind of spirit on Friday night. But you really start following Jesus, they're going to see it. Again, it's totally cool to get annoyed at Jesus because you're going, yo, this is really uncomfortable and this is really inconvenient and everyone's seeing it. It's okay to get annoyed, it's just not okay to be surprised because he said It'd be like picking up a cross and following him. Fourthly, write this down. It isn't going to be cool. It isn't going to be cool. The cross wasn't like a fashion statement. 
And you've got to get this. Because we can be tricked in society to think that. Hey, you know what? If we just have enough amazing rappers experience the power and the presence of Jesus and they can drop a 27-minute album, hey, you know what? Now Christianity, all of a sudden, it's going to be cool and we're going to be on the winning side. No, brother who drops an album is going to face persecution, as will you. And it's okay to get annoyed. Just not okay to be, uh, uh, to be like surprised because Jesus said, Picking up a cross was not only going to be uncomfortable, inconvenient, noticeable, but it's not that cool. Because the people who carried crosses 2,000 years ago were convicted criminals. They were walked up a hill and laid down on that cross, hammered to that cross, and they never came back again. No one wanted to be there, put it that way. This isn't cool. No one's coming up to me, oh my goodness, where'd you get that cross from? It's amazing. I love the way that you carry it. I think the way it kind of sits on your shoulders and kind of, no one's doing that. And here's the worst one, as if this wasn't the worst sales pitch in history. No one's it uncomfortable, inconvenient, noticeable, uncool, but it is forever. Everyone say forever. People hate forever nowadays. We like fads. We like fling. We like here today, but then when it's not kind of cool anymore, it's gone tomorrow. But when Jesus said following him would be like a cross, he was definitely saying, yo, it's going to be forever. Because like I said, whoever carried a cross 2,000 years ago walked up a hill and they never came back. Carry a cross as a teenager, but also into your early 20s. Carry a cross into your early 20s, but also into your late 20s. Carry your cross into your young married years, but also into your old married years. Carry your cross all the days of your life. That's what Jesus was saying. Don't you love it when people play the guitar in the background when you're speaking? It feels like Jesus comes into the room in a different way, doesn't it? Just listen to him. Now stop, stop playing. See, he's gone now. <laughs> What's your name? Sam, I'm going to get you I'm going to get you hit the pause button for a little bit. I want you to stay there because you're a good looking dude. But I want you to just, don't play for a second, I'll tell you why. You see, Jesus loved us so much that he went to the trouble of not only in this sermon, pick up your cross and follow me, but in many other messages, birds have got nests, foxes have got holes, but the son of God hasn't even got a place to lay his head. If you're thinking that following me is the on-ramp onto easy street, you're already lost. He'd also say that if you want to follow me, you've got to hate your mother, hate your father, hate your brother, hate your sister. He wasn't saying to disrespect your family in any way, shape, or form. He was just trying to juxtapose how great your love has to be for him compared to even your greatest loves here on earth. There was even a time where he said, yo, if you want to follow me, you've got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And that was before Twilight made it cool. But he did it. Why? Because he loves you, he's truthful, and he wants you to stick with him. Don't you think that is just And he said it'd be like carrying a cross because he wanted you to know there were going to be times where it'd be uncomfortable and people were going to laugh. It was going to be inconvenient. It might actually cost you your all. 
It was going to be noticeable. No such thing as low-key Christians. It wasn't going to be cool. Someone might actually reject you and laugh at you because of your wild language. And he wanted you to do it even though forever isn't that popular. And the reason I got you to just pause playing that guitar is because we're going to give some people an opportunity here tonight to say, you know what, Dan, I can kind of just like go on with emotions up to this point. Go along to church every now and then. You know, do some good deeds every now and then. But my heart isn't totally at God's feet. My life isn't on the altar. I haven't picked up my cross and I haven't followed him. And the reason I had to get you to stop playing is because we have to make this decision with the lights off, with eyes open, with heads raised, and everyone looking around, and no one playing in the background. Because I don't know about you, but I live a life where my decisions have to be made for Jesus. Come on, with the lights on, eyes open, heads raised, and everyone looking around. I wish it wasn't that way. I wish I was out Chick-fil-A, man. I'm like hanging out and like having a hard decision because some days I feel like the number one, some days I feel like the number two, number two, number one, number one, number one. And then every now and then you get kind of get totally messed because you go to one of those special Chick-fil-A's where they like serve chicken minis all day long and it messes everything up. I wish that whenever I had a tough decision to make at Chick-fil-A and I'm going, oh, I wish that the girl behind the counter kind of just took a, took a step back and closed her eyes and bowed her head. And then someone popped up from behind me with a guitar. <laughs> Dun, da, 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 da. I wish life was like that. But my life isn't like that. And your life isn't like that. So who here in this room will pick up their cross and follow Jesus? Because right now, there are only three kinds of people sitting in this space. The first kind of person is the person who's going after Jesus with everything that they've got. Their life, their dreams, their heart, their all. Have, have been laid down at his feet and say, hey, wherever you go, just take me with you. I haven't lived perfectly for the last 25 years, but I can testify to you right now with everything in my being by the grace of God, that's what I'm trying to do. Number two, there's another kind of person here in this room. And you don't know Jesus and you're still asking questions about him and you're not ready to take that next step to say, you know what? I want to go with this Jesus guy and I want to end up wherever he leads me. I still want to ask some questions. There are still some things that I'm not sure about. This Chinese guy, kind of interesting. I like his accent, but you know what? Not convinced yet. And if that's you, God bless you. Keep on coming and asking questions. But there's a third kind of person here in this room. And you're the person who's saying, you know what? I've got no issue with Jesus. I actually really like Jesus. But the reality is, I'm not living a life that is marked by picking up an uncomfortable, inconvenient, noticeable, uncool, and forever cross. 
And before I sung those words, I'll follow you anywhere. But real talk, if you were to look at my life, I'm not really following him anywhere. And I want to give you an opportunity tonight to simply say, you know what? On the 31st of October, 2019, that weird Halloween night where we saw maybe one of the greatest Afros that have ever basically appeared on a stage anywhere. And I don't know how that dude did not win that kind of, kind of dress-up thing because that was beautiful. Like, beautiful. I'll be dreaming about that tonight. <laughs> kind of creepy. But I've got to tell you the truth. I'm going to be dreaming. But someone here tonight is going to say, you know what? On the 31st of October, 2019, I actually took up my cross because Jesus took up his. I get to do this and live a life by his grace through faith fully for him. And someone's going to have an opportunity here tonight to say, you know what? As uncomfortable as it is, as inconvenient as it will be, as noticeable as it will be, as uncool as it may be, as forever as this will be, I want to pick up my cross and follow Jesus because I'm old and that is better. So with every eye open, every head raised, and everyone looking around, with the lights still up and no music in the background, if you, knew, if you know a few minutes ago you were singing about following him anywhere, but you know that your life does not match up with that statement. And right now, you just like to make a declaration and allow me to pray alongside you, believing that tonight will be a turning point. Come on, that is going to send you into a journey that will flow all the days of your life. If you know right now, you aren't living a life that is fully embracing the following life that Jesus wants you to do. I'm going to count to three, and then I'm going to give you a chance to begin standing where you are. And, and, and listen to me, this is as awkward and altar call as you'll ever feel. But if you could be mad enough to make that decision here in this moment, Dang it, it might just change your life, and your life might just change the world. Okay, so with every eye open, every head raised, and everyone looking around in a judgmental manner. Come on, if you're saying, right now, I'm not really following him anywhere. But tonight, I make that declaration. When I count to three, stand to your feet. Are you ready? Here we go. One, two, three. If that's you, who's going to go first? Yeah, come on. That is so cool. That is so cool. All right. I'm guessing there's going to be like, are there, um, Paige, is there, are there people who can pray? Okay. Yup, I like it. All right. 
If you're standing up, I would love you to, to jump out of your seats. I want you to meet me down here now because we're going to pray with you because this is real serious, all right? So come on down, come on down, come on down. Come on down, come on down. Come on down. Let's go. I love how Halloween was so easy this year for blonde girls. You just put a 16 on, and then all of a sudden it's like, I'm dressed up as try harder, people. Try harder, all right? I'm just looking around right now. and like, Come on, people. That's so cool. All right, wait. Come on down. All right. Now, now you guys were the smart ones, all right? Because there are still some people sitting in their seats, and their heart is going crazy. Their mind is racing. And they even sense that tonight something special is going to happen, and it's unfolding. But because the whole eyes closed and head bow thing didn't happen for them, they're kind of, oh. But I'm going to give you one more. I'll tell you why. When I was 18 years old, I was sitting in a room just like this. And I can still remember the speaker. You can start playing in the background now and ushering in the presence of Jesus. Have we got there yet? Nearly there. There he is. All right, so... (laughs) I'm 18 years old, I'm in my freshman year, I'm doing accounting and economics, because I'm Chinese, and my father said I had choices, accounting or economics, I do the Asian thing because I'm a little bit insecure about that stuff, but that's another, I'll share that story next time, alright, and so I'm there. And I had been going for a couple of weeks, and I wasn't joking before. I was only going because I was chasing this girl called Krista, who was like the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. Like she was from the country, had blonde hair, blue eyes, and kind of for an Asian dude, that's like kind of like, isn't that cool? You know, so like, a, so I'm like kind of, so I'm like hanging around. I swear to God, not even paying that much attention to like church stuff or what was being said. And then like a couple of months into it, going along to this weekly kind of college thing. Um, there was a guest speaker and I, I remember him talking I can't remember what he talked about but I just remember Jesus this, Jesus that blah 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 Jesus, Jesus, Jesus and then he does this kind of um, like invitation to anyone who would just want to trust their entire life to him like I'm doing right now and so a few people moved forward but I remember my heart was going crazy but I didn't want to get out of my seat and I still remember the awkward standoff as he said, I know there's one more person. I know there's one more person. And I'm going, oh, he's talking about me. He's talking about me. I know what I'm like. This is how I reason in my head that I basically moved. In my head, I went, okay, cool. If I finally just get up and walk forward and pray this prayer, then the whole service will be over and I can go back to talking to Krista again. So I got up out of my seat and I walked forward. And dang it, that Jesus guy got me. I want to tell you, there's someone else here in this room with every eye open, every head raised, everyone looking around, and you know that you've been hanging around the edges, kind of just paying Jesus some lip service, but you know that tonight you want to actually pick up your cross and go all in on following Him. Come on, all the days of your life. And I hate to break the news to you, you should have stood up before because at least there was a cover of a group of people coming down. Now it's going to be extra awkward because you're going to be all there by yourself. People will be like double judging you. But you know what? 
I hope that that goes deep into your heart and says, you know what, this was the night. Come on, I shook off the fear of man and I started going after Jesus with everything within me. So if that's you here tonight, I'm going to give you just a few more seconds to jump out of your seat. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. We're going to worship together. And then I'm, I'm going to be out of here carrying a whole bunch of free pizza. Is that cool? All right. So that's you. I'm going to give you five more seconds to jump out of your seat. Your heart is going crazy. You're saying, you know what? No more games. No more faking it. Come on. No more half-heartedness. I want to go all in on Jesus. If that's you, I want you to jump out of your seat. On your marks, get set, go. I'm going to give you five seconds to go. Here we go. Ready? Five. Four. Yes. Three. Three. Three, two, 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 one. Come on, put your hands together for these people. That's so cool. Come on, come on, let's go. Just open up your hands as an act of surrender. allow me just to lead you in a really simple prayer. Just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for your love. I acknowledge your work on the cross. That gives me a chance now to pick up mine and follow you. So help me by your spirit. Live now for your glory. In Jesus' name. Come on, put your hands together one more time for these amazing people. So we're going to, what are we going to do? All right. Okay. Hey, P&E team. I don't even know if those people like kind of dressed in Halloween P&E were real like kind of P&E. But if we're like short on numbers, uh, you dress right now so you can come on down and you grab someone and just don't say anything heretical to them. Come on, come alongside them. Here we go. Come alongside them and we're going to pray. We're going to worship God. Hey, um, hey, we got Halloween parties to get to. I will let you know. It's been a fine honor and privilege to be able to hang out with you tonight. We're so grateful for the life that God has brought through Clemson FCA for so many years. And I'm so grateful for the life that will continue to flow. I'm so grateful for the way that you will serve this amazing university. I'm so grateful for the, uh, the impact that you're going to make as you go on with your lives all around the world. But in your few days here at Clemson FCA, from an old guy to a young person. Can I challenge you? Have fun. Dress up. Squeeze everything out of college life that you can squeeze, but make sure that this place on a Thursday night is always the center point to which you return. Where we gather around the warming gospel that softens the hardest heart and can save the most broken life. Do as much as you can in your college years. But always come back to this warm fire. 
make sure in the days ahead you bring some of your friends to get warm as well.